0: go to the word radio broadcast a ministry of faith baptist church in Ontario, ohio i'm pastor dave davenport today we're studying in the book of matthew and we're in chapter 13 we trust you'll have your bible open and stay with us for the next several minutes as we go to the word we're living in a day where you're being told one thing and suddenly they're telling you other things It required a degree of discernment. And for most of those who were walking with the Lord, have their Bibles open and reading from day to day, they knew those people weren't bad people up there. They were folks who were just going for a certain and something happened, but it didn't smell right or whatever. But that's the thing you've been constantly bombarded by ever since forever, really, in our lifetimes. Do you know where the word conspiracy theorist came from? It was conjured by the CIA. Because folks were questioning the Kennedy assassination. And they pooled their ideas and they said, well, what we've got to do is we've got to start demonizing these people by calling them conspiracy theorists. And that's the beginning of the words conspiracy theorist. So what you call somebody a conspiracy theorist, be mindful that it's getting pretty weird out there. And we've had a lot of conspiracies over the past three years beginning to be put up on the bench and examined under this scrupulous eye of those who are really concerned about what's been said, and suddenly we're seeing some different things being said. Now we're right on the cusp of examination of the COVID files. This recent Congress, it's 435 members of Congress, about 419 present, 419 to zero voted to unseal all of the documents they have about COVID. Why did they do that? Because they were wondering what in the world was going on, and they wanted to be seen by the public. This is new. So we've had the Twitter files, now we're looking at the COVID files, and we've seen the J6 files this past week. What I'm trying to show you is, is that you need some discernment in these days, don't you? Now, this passage here, because we have a unfolding narrative, it starts out with one sower going forth to sow, and then we all pick it up. But, you know, children of God are the seed, he says in the tares passage, you know, and he says, and the children of the evil one are sown in their tares. And he kind of brought us down the line. He shows us in the end, it's all going to be hard to find because you got the woman who's got three measures of meal and she leavens them all. And what you have is you have streams. I, I don't know, if you have ever looked into much of your church history, you would find most of church history speaks to you about popes and kings. Okay, That's not the real church. That is not the real church. You say, well, that's that's harsh, Pastor. Somebody might be listening that's, a, they, you know, they're Catholic and they, they're not going to know what to do with you saying that. Well, it's time to wake up. It's time for discernment, right? Look at this chapter in before us. Look what it says down in verse 55. After he's done with these parables, he goes back to his home country up in Galilee. And they say, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers? Read the Bible. James, Joseph, Simon and Judas and his sisters? They think that Mary never had relations with Joseph at all. No, the Bible says he knew her not until the child was born. And now they got a bunch of kids. They had a big family. And what I want you to realize is she's not to be worshiped. That's an old age thing. That's the queen of heaven. Look it up in Jeremiah. They made cakes to the queen of heaven and they said, "Our husbands know we are doing it." So there, Jeremiah. Fooey on you. See, we need to realize that this is the world we live in. There's deception everywhere. And we just need to get a hold of ourselves and realize you can't trust anyone but God, really. Not truly trust them with all that you hold dear. Meaning your own soul as well as the souls of those you love. Don't let somebody else impose upon you a narrative without allowing yourself to go back and make sure what they're saying is true. It's what distinguishes Bible-believing churches, Baptist churches. We're about the book, man. We're about the book. We need to know what it says, and we need to know where we can look it up and find it, because God's Word is all we got. You put your faith in some man, and you're going to get disappointed. There's not anyone who's got a corner on truth but God. God. And so you have to take what one person says and another person says. You've got to put it all together. You've got to figure it out because God would have you be exercised therewith. Do you know what's happening when you're figuring things out? And you're saying, well, I don't know if I agree with this or that. That's great. Fine, do that. Because you're preoccupied with God's word. Do you know what happens when you're preoccupied with God's word? An hour can go by in a moment. You're like sitting there looking things up and passing. You say, oh, man, I'm almost late. i got to go. Why? Because God would give you something to chew on and you know, meditate upon. The Bible says in His law we do meditate day and night if we're His children. That's what we're supposed to do. It's not about just getting the pastor's thumbs up. That's right. Go. See ya. Go find out in your Bible. So you see that we have these three measures of meal that are filled with eleven. And I kind of want to bring that out again because we saw it. But you recall, do you not, that we were talking about that and we saw that it there's three veins right now in this Abraham Paus thing that they set up. You've got the Muslims, you've got the Jews and you've got Christians, quote unquote, because it's a Catholic building. It's a Catholic building. It's a Muslim building. And it's a synagogue, if you will, synagogue, mosque and what they would call a church. Do you realize the complication of that? If the world thinks Catholicism represents Christianity, the lie is ramped up. By all accounts, everybody concludes Catholicism is church. No, it's not. It's not because it's about works. And so this dragnet is now being brought in. Why? Because everything's so confused. Everything is so corrupted. The church is filled with birds. The church is filled with leaven. You know they're ordaining homosexuals today to be pastors? You realize that this is not able to be said if I was in Canada. So if the law of a land that has gone mad, in essence, what I'm talking about is Canada, and they're saying you can't say that, then what they're doing is you can't say truth. What else are they saying you can't say truth about? You see, when the law begins to become antagonistic to truth, you get into trouble. And that's why we're thankful we live in America. We can still say truth out loud, and it may cost us on the grassroots, but as much as they push back on Christianity, the more we flourish. Because it makes us check our mettle, makes us go deeper, makes us ask God again, what is it? And then He says, yeah, you're right. Blessed are you when they persecute you for righteousness. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted because theirs is the kingdom of heaven, He said. You see, you and I are living in these days where a dragnet is about ready to be cast. Now, a dragnet is really interesting to ponder. Because what he's saying is, is that a man takes a dragnet and he throws it into the water. And he's dragging it haphazardly through. But everything on the bottom is in upheaval. <laughs> okay, And if there's ever been a picture of upheaval in the Bible times, it's the tribulation. All right? And I would suggest to you, he's talking about this tribulation because this dragnet is like at the end. It's not always like a dragnet. Sometimes it's a seed here and a seed there. But now, it's a dragnet. Everything's so confused. I'm just going to take all of them and pull them all through this. It's not going to be good. Now, of course, the church isn't going to be here. We're going to get out of here and then he's going to have all this stuff come together such that he's going to bring us back and it's all going to be good. But what he's focusing on because, this is Matthew, Matthew focuses on the Jewish people. Matthew is saying Jesus is king, hence he's got the kingdom parables and he's setting them forth in order as the Spirit gives him nobility. But what we have before us now is we have this parable of a dragnet. A dragnet is haphazard and it's going to gather every kind of thing. What's going to happen when the rapture happens? Do you realize that if the banks continue to do what they started doing on Friday, and by the way, it's not without interest to uh, the thinking mind that it happens on a Friday. It's the first hit, get you over the hump. Sometimes they will release news on a Friday just so that you don't think about it all through the week and talk to your friends, you're at home, you're out fishing, whatever you do to unwind for the weekend. And then you come back on Monday, it's like, oh yeah, I remember hearing about that. (laughs) They know what they're doing. It's all about a manipulation So a couple of big banks get hammered big time, lose their investment money and all that. And what you have is people, you're going to begin to feel that. If the banks continue to fail, if America... And folks, listen, how many trillions are we in debt right now? $31 trillion. This is insurmountable, all right? And they're talking on the other side of the earth about a great reset. And people are thinking, oh, I know what a reset is. You turn your phone off and you restart it and it'll all work just like it always did. That's not what they're talking about. What they're talking about now is you will own nothing and you will be happy. That's their motto. And you just think about that. So when we're looking at this time that we're living in, crashing America was the only way to get everything where it needed to be. Now, I don't know if it's going to crash crash, because I see another guy who's saying there's going to be a quantum leap in our country. It's going to be great. We're going to even build new cities. What is with that? And where does that optimism come from? What does your discernment tell you? What is going on, folks? The world is in upheaval. The net hasn't been thrown yet because people still don't realize it's in upheaval. People are still running to and fro, doing their thing, as if nothing's happening. But things are happening. That's why I give you a little update every Sunday in your bulletin to tell you a couple of the highlights of the week because there's no end to the highlights. This is all connected to everything else that has happened ever since 2020. And so I give you a little something and I don't hammer the COVID thing, but the COVID thing is a bad thing. Millions of people, millions that would not have died. The numbers are now coming out. You should go find them. And don't use Google. And don't use YouTube, because they're still compromised. Twitter's waking up, and they'll tell you some things. But you need to know the truth so you can prepare yourself and any loved ones that need to know it as well. So this dragnet's going to come, and when it comes, it'll be something everybody in this world will see in a very real way. They may not see it through the framework or the prism of it being the rapture and all that because they're going to want to discount that. By the way, there's a lot of people right now thinking that the world is going to enter into a new phase, that they're all going to be translated into a utopian GASERA is going to take place. Nisera is going to take place. That's the National Economic Recovery and Stabilization Act. Wow, I got it. I think that's right, actually. Now, the national is the end. The Gisera is the Global Economic Recovery and Stabilization Act. And this was all in the books. It's in our laws out there. Clinton signed it some years ago. He didn't want to, but he did. And there's a lot of history. But what we're looking at right now is if it crashes, is there any plan? We don't think so, but Trump's saying it's all going to be good. So you are living in a time where you just don't care about all this. You just say, I don't care about it. I just want to go on with my day. But the fact is, is if you don't care about it, it won't light a fire under you. Paul said... That you're not in the darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. That's powerful, right? That's a pretty powerful word. You're not in the darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Who is he talking to? The church. You and me. And there are 6% of the evangelical professing believers have a biblical worldview. So basically right now he just spoke to 6%. Because the other folks aren't really reading their Bible or applying their Bible. So that's a pretty minor smattering of people. And those 6% don't want to say it out loud because they're going to be harassed. I remember back in 1989, I went to prison for two weeks because of the the rescue movement. We were sitting in front of a clinic where 32 children were to be aborted that day. And they arrested us and put us in prison. big part of the people that were in prison with me were Catholic. Which was fine, you know, I get along with everybody. I know their doctrine is troublesome, so, you know, I pray for them and I was hoping maybe to get a witness to somebody as I'm in there. And it so happens, I'm in the same cell with the guy who is the oldest Catholic. He says, can you speak for us this week? You know, they want to have a little devotional around the Bible. and They knew I had a little Bible under my belt. I said, well, sure, anything in your mind. He said, would you speak on the Magnificent? Well, I drilled into, obviously, I rejoice in God, my Savior, she said, right? But my point is, is while I'm there, I'm sitting at a table and Guy said, are you a dispensationalist? I said, yeah, yeah, I am. And and for some people don't know what that means. It simply means that you see the Bible is broken into sections that show the progression of man went through. Like the book of Genesis, you have, of course, the Garden of Eden, which is the age of innocence. Well, that concludes today's portion of the message. This has been a ministry of Faith Baptist Church in Ontario, Ohio. And I'm Pastor Dave Davenport. I hope you'll join us Monday through Friday for our verse-by-verse studies. And we hope you'll tell others to tune in as well. If you'd like to contact us and learn more about our ministry, go to faithbaptistone.net. You can also download recent broadcasts on our homepage. We hope you'll make it a point to tune in daily as we go to the Word.